Good day to all our listeners and welcome to the Temba Tandega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve on both. It is simple economics. If leaders focus on staff engagement, their people stick around in their organization. If they stick around, they build better relationships with customers and provide a superior service. This leads to satisfied customers who become repeat customers and advocates for your business, which leads to exponential growth and profitability. If you want to increase profitability through staff engagement, stick around and listen to this podcast. We will focus on themes from Herman Duplessis' book titled Lead with Intent. Herman is the founder and director of TTLI. Links of where you can buy the book are available in the description area of this podcast. Good day, everybody, and welcome to episode three of our podcast. Uh, this is the Tema Tandeka Leadership Institute podcast. Now, as you know, we started the first series of our podcast focusing on our book, Lead with Intent. And the first two episodes were introductory, where we just uh, looked at the engagement model uh, in the first episode. And in the second episode, we just elaborated on servant leadership and the importance thereof. So today I'm very excited because we're actually going to delve into the different principles, practices, and then the impact on culture. And today we're going to focus on humility, vulnerability, and trust in the workplace. So for these principles, I'm going to interview various leaders uh, who are very um, experienced uh, in leadership and especially leadership in the corporate environment. And uh, for those of you who have read my book, you would have seen that the preface was written by Brunt Pretorius and we decided it's good for us to start with Brunt. So maybe a bit of an introduction, Brunt, if you don't mind, and then I'm going to start asking you the questions. Uh, Brunt uh, has attained uh, an MCOM degree in business economics at the University of Free State, and he started his career with Toyota in South Africa back in March 1973. So that was before my date of birth, Brunt. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of experience, uh, and it's such an honor to have you today. So, I mean, following so many uh, management positions, Brunt was appointed as the Managing Director of Toyota SA Marketing in 1988. And then under his leadership, Toyota became the market leader in both market share and customer satisfaction. In March 1995, he joined the largest motor retail group in the country, McCarthy Motor Holdings, as CEO. And Brunt was promoted to the position of CEO of the holding company, McCarthy Retail, in October 1999. Now, for those of you who can remember, those were troubling times for McCarthy. And uh, Brunt did a wonderful job, and he played a pivotal role in turning the group around. After it was declared insolvent in 2001. And for those of you who've listened to Brunt speak, and those of you who've read his book, It was an incredible journey and a lot of leadership lessons to learn uh, from Brunt in that regard. So Brunt retired as CEO of McCarthy and as executive director um, of its controlling shareholder Bitvest in March 2011. 
So since then, Brunt has served as the chairman and non-executive director on the boards of a number of listed and private companies. He's received numerous National Motor Industry Awards in leadership and marketing during his career that spanned over 49 years. He holds three honorary prof, uh, professorships and two honorary doctorate degrees in uh, marketing and leadership from some of South Africa's leading universities. Currently, Brunt is actively involved in a number of initiatives aimed at improving the quality of education and entrepreneurship in South Africa. For those of you who know Brunt, you would know how important that is to him, just trying to leave some kind of legacy in that space, and it's so needed in our country right now. So in this regard, Brunt serves on the Board of Trustees of the Reed Educational Trust and the Business Incubator uh, Invotech. Brunt is also the National Chairman of the organizing committee of the acclaimed literacy program Rally to Read, which he founded in 1998. Uh, talking about his book earlier, he published the book In the Driving Seat Lessons in Leadership in February 2013. It has been reprinted 10 times and became one of the most local, uh, popular local business biographies of all time with sales of more than 25,000 copies. So in South Africa, if a business book sells 3,000, that's a bestseller. So you've done that more than eight times over, which is incredible. So Brunt is married to Tilly. They have three sons. Uh, and I was at varsity with one of those sons <laughs> in the 90s. And seven grandchildren that I know is the joy of your life. <laughs> uh, wonderful stories uh, Brunt tells about his grandchildren. Brunt, welcome to... Our podcast. It's such an honor to have you with us today. Yeah, thank you, Herman. The honor is uh, all mine. Uh, I was getting very worried because of the uh, long introduction. <laughs> uh, so I, I sat here sort of blushing, and uh, I became increasingly more embarrassed the more you continued. But uh, just a quick story. Uh, I once had to address the Bonsamara uh, Cattle Breeding Society and uh, the, the Master of Ceremonies got hold of the unabridged version of my CV and he was determined to read the whole thing. And, but fortunately when he got to page uh, 3, one of the farmers stood up and he interrupted the Master of Ceremonies, and he said to him, for heaven's sake, we don't want to breed with Brunt, we just want to listen to him. <laughs> so that sorted that one out. Yeah. So uh, ever since, I, uh, I sort of become uncomfortable when uh, lengthy introductions are done, but I feel very welcome, and it's a privilege, Herman, to to be your guest. Brian, first of all, thank you for writing the preface of the book. Um, that was a, a real honor for us as a business. And also at the book launch this year in June, uh, you came and you, uh, you were our speaker as well. Uh, just thank you for your support uh, in terms of that. It, it really means a lot. And um, you've, you've now scanned through the book and I think read most of it by now. Uh, but you've known us for many years as a business. Uh, just your general feeling about the book, maybe. Uh, I know I didn't send you this question beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Herman, 
I am very impressed with the book. And uh, you are aware of my efforts. Uh, when I talk to corporates, I tell them about your book. Uh, I'm most impressed with the methodology, with the quality of thinking, with your insight, and uh, uh, you are breaking new ground in the field of uh, engagement. And I'm very, very proud of you, and I think that uh, there's an application, even internationally, for your expertise. Mm. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm so positive and so convinced that, uh, that companies or organizations will benefit from the application of your knowledge that, uh, that I actively promote it. Mm. And I do it with, uh, with confidence and with conviction. Thank you, Brant. I appreciate that. And um, I'm so grateful my wife introduced me to you. <laughs> like all good things uh, in my life, you know, they came through my wife. Um, and when I told my wife I was going to interview you for the podcast, yeah. she was slightly jealous. Yeah. And she said that I should give you my regards and Grace yeah. as well. They, yeah. they all send their regards. No, thank you. I, I'm, I'm honored. And uh, you've got a wonderful wife and a lovely, lovely little daughter. And uh, so when I met Adele the first time, she also interviewed me. Yes. For the, uh, the the CA, the Chartered Accountants magazine. Yeah, the Accountancy Essay. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's when I met her. And uh, thank you, Herman, for the the blessing of your friendship. Yeah. Thank you, Brunt, and thank you um, just for um, being as honest and open and transparent about all your struggles as a leader but also as a human being. You know, today we're going to talk about vulnerability. And I mean, I must say that's the one thing. I remember when Adele um, um, said to me, you need to speak to this guy, Brunt Pretorius. I think he feels the same as you about leadership. And I mean, I basically just started out with the business back then. And I thought, well, you know, what an opportunity. And I remember I met you at your home. Uh, we had tea together and we had a long discussion about leadership and the business many years ago. I don't know if you can remember I that. Do. I think that was about 2010. Yeah. Uh, so that was wonderful. And um, just uh, such a rapport uh, I felt with you immediately. And, you know, I, I'll never forget how comfortable you made me feel coming to your house. I mean, you had this reputation as a business leader and just your humility your vulnerability, and just the trust that that built with me. And I think that's why I thought this is such an ideal chapter in the book to discuss with you, because I don't think I've met anybody who embodies that better today in our country than, than you. So um, I, I really uh, am grateful for that example, because as I was writing the chapter, I was actually thinking of you uh, and what it is that I learned from you. So thank you for that. Your life I think is a testimony to so many. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are grateful that you are not giving up and not stopping yeah. and you are continuing. Thank you very much. No, thank you, Herman. I don't deserve such uh, 
kind words, but at my age, I'll put those words into my heart. You are welcome to do that, Brunt, and I, I really mean those words. So let's get going with the questions for today, the ones I did send you. <laughs> First question, why do you think humility is important for leadership? Uh, Herman, I believe implicitly in uh, the philosophy of uh, servant leadership. And uh, as you know, servant leadership is all about caring and serving. And humility is therefore a prerequisite. It's the cornerstone mm. of uh, servant leadership. Uh, let me talk about the exact opposite philosophy, uh, namely egotistical, self-centered, autocratic mm. leadership. One can't even uh, call it uh, leadership. But uh, there, in, in that instance, uh, so-called leaders use their positional power, uh, their authority, they intimidate and uh, my view is that uh, autocratic, egotistical, self-centered leadership simply doesn't work. Mm. It, uh, it only results in reluctant compliance. It's the mortal enemy of energy and of uh, motivation. Mm. So... Uh, that, that's why servant leadership is, uh, is, is definitely uh, the answer. Mm. And if I think about uh, servant leadership uh, and uh, my role models uh, when it comes to servant leadership, uh, they, they are humble, mm -hmm. but they aren't timid. Mm -hmm. They also have strong views. Yeah. They are results-driven. Uh, it's not that they think less of themselves by being humble. Mm. It's just that they think less about them. And I guess that's the other question. You know, Does humility mean that you as a leader have to underrate yourself? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, in my experience... Uh, people who have humility as an attribute, mm. they, they, they have a lot of confidence in, their, in themselves and in their ability. And they feel comfortable mm. and secure with themselves. And that's why they can afford to be humble. Mm. So there's no need to to apologize or to be apologetic uh, about one's humility. Mm. I like that. I like that. So from a practical point of view, Brunt, um, how did you entrench the core value of humility? Uh, in a number of ways, and let me immediately say that my interaction with, uh, with the Japanese played an important role. Okay. Because uh, as a rule, they, they're very humble. Mm -hmm. uh, a core 
value that they have is uh, respect for all people. So uh, my philosophy is in alignment uh, with theirs. So from a practical point of view, if I think back uh, to when I assumed the managing directorship at, uh, at Toyota, uh, I went out of my way to consult all my people about Toyota's vision and what it should be. I did the same when it came to values. I probed, I asked questions. Mm -hmm. I uh, wanted all the people at Toyota to contribute because I'm so keen, mm -hmm. I was so keen on, on getting their input, uh, getting uh, their views. So I think the willingness to, to probe mm -hmm. and to listen and to empower and to involve, uh, that is part of, of living according to the value of, uh, of humility. Yes. And then uh, when people do well, uh, appreciate them. Mm -hmm. uh, don't steal their credit. Yes. And uh, uh, create opportunities for them uh, to make a contribution. Mm -hmm. And uh, 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 I think those are all uh, sort of things, action items that one can mm -hmm. attend to to entrench the value mm -hmm. of of uh, humility mm. in so, an organization. So what I hear from you is the leader's example is very important. Um, and it's funny, uh, collaboration is becoming such a, a hot topic now. Uh, businesses talk about ecosystem, a strategy, a structure, uh, and how important collaboration is becoming. And, and the theory behind collaboration is that there's a lot more knowledge at the periphery of your business yes. than at the center. And then the leader needs to go out there to get people to contribute uh, because that's where the knowledge is. Those are the frontline people. Yeah. They interface with your clients and your customers every day. But it takes a level of humility for leaders to do that because somehow some leaders believe that I need to know it all. I need to be the yeah. smartest person in the room. Yeah, fortunately, I realized very <laughs> early on in my career that... Uh, yeah. That without my people and without their support and yeah. without their commitment, mm. uh, I could do nothing. Mm. So I've always been in favor of, of, of an, an approach that, uh, I don't want to say it's like a democracy, mm. but, uh, but I, I had to engage my people as partners. Mm. Uh, because if they did not accept co-responsibility, if there wasn't syndicated leadership, then we wouldn't have uh, succeeded at Toyota and we, we wouldn't have succeeded in saving McCarthy. The, the McCarthy group. Wow. So in the book, um, you know, I, I make the case that one of the ways 
to practice uh, this principle of humility is through vulnerability. And you've touched on a lot of things regarding vulnerability now. Just listening to your people is a sign of vulnerability. Um, so, so thinking of your life as a leader, how did you show appropriate levels of vulnerability? And I say appropriate because whenever I work with leaders, they cringe. No, but yes. what must I be vulnerable about and when? Yeah. <laughs> it makes them feel uh, very uneasy. So what are appropriate levels of vulnerability? Mm, I, I th- in my opinion, one should have no inhibition. Yeah. One should be authentic in mm-hmm. reflecting one's feelings. I'm not saying that, uh, that you should dramatize yes. uh, or overdo it, but uh, thinking back to the day when I had to announce uh, that the McCarthy Group was uh, technically insolvent, uh, it, it was a very, very traumatic uh, moment in my life and uh, in the life of the organization. And, and I had to be very frank. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I also uh, made sure that I gave my people some hope. Yes. But, uh, but I did expose them to the reality of the situation and my feelings about the, the, uh, the challenge we faced uh, were very, uh, very uh, transparent. So uh, I admitted that I didn't have all the answers. Mm. I admitted that I lacked some knowledge because I'm not a chartered accountant. Mm. I'm not a lawyer, and when a company the size of McCarthy, when such a company gets into such a a position, uh, you need not just one bright CA, Mm. but many, (laughs) and you need the assistance of of many lawyers. So uh, I I didn't shy away Mm. from uh, sort of telling the the team members about the knowledge gaps. But obviously, at the same time, I assured them that I would uh, utilize the uh, services of uh, the best Mm -hmm. expertise that uh, was available at the time. Mm -hmm. But but the, the important message I gave them was that uh, I I needed the intellect Mm -hmm. and the energy and the loyalty and the contribution of all 10,000 McCarthy employees. Mm -hmm. I told them that on my own I couldn't do it, but that their combined efforts would uh, make an enormous difference. Mm -hmm. And the mobilization of all that collective intelligence and energy, uh, it, 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 it made an incredible difference. I saw the power of the human spirit in action. Mm-hmm. 
And I think had I not been open, sincere, and exposed my vulnerability, perhaps the level of commitment and engagement wouldn't have been that high. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it seems like sometimes when leaders, leaders are plunged into a situation where they feel, oh yeah, I can't do this on my own, it takes vulnerability to go to your people and ask help. And I think sometimes what I've seen is that that's a, a pivotal point in a leader's life is where you realize I can't control this. I can't get us out of this. I'm going to need everybody to work together. And that takes a lot of vulnerability because leaders like to show people that they are in charge. They know what they are doing. And, um, and I think your example talks about the opposite. And maybe that's why... You know, by the grace of God, everything turned out the way it did, you know, which was incredible what happened to that business in uh, in the next 10 years after it was declared insolvent. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most remarkable South African business stories I think ever told, which is uh, wonderful, Brunt. Yeah, I don't deserve any credit. As, <laughs> no, you as, do. <laughs> as you said, uh, through, the, through the grace of God and because of the, the efforts of all the McCarthy people, the, they, they performed uh, miracles. Yeah. And uh, uh, they, with very few exceptions, accepted the challenge and did their level best uh, to, uh, to uh, improve the situation. Mm. And, and, and that, that's how we managed to, to turn the group around. Wonderful. So you've been involved in many businesses and uh, you're on many boards. Do you believe that humility and the show of vulnerability leads to higher levels of trust? I do. Okay. Ab absolutely. Uh, because uh, if there is humility and uh, vulnerability, uh, then one can cultivate a far more intimate, a more personal mm. relationship with one's people. Yeah. Then it's not simply a place where they work. Uh, they uh, tend to become a lot more committed, they align their personal objectives with the organization's objectives and, uh, and they end up trusting management provided uh, there's absolute integrity from the side of, uh, of leadership. And uh, Herman, it's not necessary for me to to amplify the importance of trust. Mm. Uh, trust trumps everything. Yeah. Think in the world we live in, trust is a must. Mm. It's the foundational value yes. of, uh, of leadership. And uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy, or it's sad to admit that in many workplaces all over the world, there's simply no trust. Mm. And if there's no trust, there cannot be a relationship. 
And if there isn't a relationship, then the level of commitment mm. is very low, and then you end up with uh, a dismally low uh, level of engagement. Yes. And uh, the impact of that on productivity is uh, disastrous. So it's interesting, I read a study the other day, just the levels of trust in our institutions is at an all-time low. So I think society is begging for trust out there. And as a business leader, you have a wonderful opportunity to create trust and to build trust with your people. And as we all know, uh, with the research of Stephen Covey, if trust goes up, cost goes down. Yes. <laughs> if trust goes down, costs go up. So, Brunt, how do you view life today, where you are right now? If you reflect especially on your time in leadership, what do you see? Hmm. My overwhelming emotion, Herman, is one of uh, gratitude. Hmm. Uh, my leadership journey exceeded uh, all my expectations and uh, it was such a great honor and such mm. a privilege to lead uh, the, the teams at McCarthy and at uh, Toyota. It was an incredibly enriching uh, experience. Mm. So as I said, uh, I, I am just so grateful. I learned an enormous amount. Uh, I learned about my faith. I learned about business. I learned about uh, leadership. I learned about management. Mm. Uh, and as I said earlier, uh, I learned about the power of the human spirit. Mm. Uh, when, when people are committed, they... They can perform miracles. Mm. And uh, in the majority of cases, um, my people surprised me, mm. impressed me. Uh, I, I'm just so grateful that, that I had the opportunity of working with such special people. Mm. Wonderful. That's a wonderful reflection. Um, if there's one thing you wish you could have done better, what would that be? Yeah, I, I, I think you know the answer. I, <laughs> uh, all my working life, I tried to strike a reasonable balance between uh, work mm. and my private life. Mm. And I have to confess that uh, I never succeeded in striking the right balance. Mm. Uh, my overdeveloped sense of responsibility and my workaholic behavior uh, prevented me from striking the right balance. And, and I, I neglected myself and I neglected the people I love. Mm. And uh, if I had my life all over again, I will definitely work a little less mm -hmm. and I will play more and laugh more mm -hmm. and love more. Yeah. Because when I look back, I, uh, I, I can see that I lived 
and a one-dimensional life. Mm -hmm. And there are so many other dimensions mm -hmm. that I never explored. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so that is the one thing that uh, I give myself a poor performance mm -hmm. rating and I do it with, uh, with sadness in my heart. Mm. Uh, I'm, they, they, you know, the, the experts say that baby boomers, the generation that I belong uh, to, mm. that, that they have that tendency. But yeah. I don't want to use it as an excuse. Yeah. And uh, I believe that uh, a better balance mm. uh, would have uh, led to more fulfillment. Yeah. So, I mean, Brant, I've thought about that scenario so many times, and I mean, you've told me that your sons strike a much better balance than you do, you know? <laughs> They're much better at that, and maybe that's something they saw in you that they did not want to replicate. But there's many other things that they replicate, and they do it beautifully. But I was just thinking, you know, I think your generation, the baby boomers, their absolute commitment to their jobs was incredible. I mean, even if you look at nonprofits today, the biggest supporters are the baby boomers, mm -hmm. financially, time. I read a study the other day, even in churches, they talk about the boomer apocalypse. As soon as the boomers die out, that could be the end of the church if the church does not renew itself as well for the younger and the newer generations. But then also, not just your generation, but the scenario at McCarthy. If you're involved in a business turnaround and you need to save a business and so many jobs, I mean, that, that responsibility uh, is just incredible. And um, I've read many books about business turnaround. Hubert Jolie, what he did um, in, in the U.S. with Best Buy as well. I think there's a certain level of commitment that's needed to make that work. And I think you had that level of commitment, but you did pay the price for it, you know. Uh, and it's not to make excuses, but I think in that context, it's quite understandable. Um, but I think there's a lesson to be learned for other leaders. And I think that's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, but thank you for that. I mean, that's very vulnerable uh, to share that. Um, so what does your life look like right now, Brunt, uh, in 2023? What, what's life about <laughs> for Brunt Pretorius? Yeah, so... Uh, I, I will continue with uh, my three uh, major tasks. Uh, the first one is to learn more. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is to, to teach more. And the last one is to serve more. Oh. So uh, learning, teaching and serving. Mm -hmm. Uh, the learning part is my directorships of organizations outside of the motor industry, mm -hmm. uh, teaching uh, at some business schools. I lecture from time to time and I do a lot of leadership uh, mentoring and coaching. Mm -hmm. And the serving, you referred to it earlier, my mm -hmm. involvement in a number of uh, literacy programs. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's uh, those three priorities I will continue to work on. I am also committed to, uh, to expose uh, 
the tyranny of the boss. Yeah. So uh, whenever I have an opportunity, uh, I present an alternative, namely servant leadership, mm -hmm. because I have seen over the last 50 years in business how many employees have suffered uh, personally and otherwise because of the tyranny of the boss, because mm -hmm. of egotistical, self-serving uh, tyrants. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I, I, I owe my wife uh, a debt of gratitude <laughs> and more time. <laughs> so... Uh, she made my career possible and worthwhile. And uh, she is the person on earth that I respect most and love most. Mm. So uh, I'm looking forward in 2023 to spend more time with Tilly. And then you also mentioned it, uh, my sons and my daughters-in-law and my seven grandchildren. Mm. So mm. it's wonderful to have some discretionary time. Uh, the shoe is now on the other foot because mm. the grandchildren are so busy that I must make an appointment <laughs> <laughs> with them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, mm. I do it willingly. I want to be part of their lives mm. and I hope that, uh, that I can set an example mm. For them that they will find inspirational and of some value mm. because that 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 would be the the, the best part mm. of my legacy should I earn a little bit of influence uh, over my grandchildren. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, Brian. Thank you so much for your time today. I think I want to end off by thanking you uh, for your example uh, in, in so many spheres of life. Um, the way you serve so many leaders, you coach so many of them, helping them become better, helping businesses become better. Um, you know, and I think uh, that's, that's the rapport we struck with you. It's just your, your commitment to to helping leaders become better because if the leader becomes better, everybody wins. So thank you for that. And also thank you for your wonderful example in terms of your your life as a, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather. I mean, I always love to listen to your stories and I learn so much from that, you know, and I want to encourage you never to stop sharing those stories because they are deeply meaningful to so many people. And then we will continue to pray for you and your family, for health and safety, and um, that you have an incredible influence in the life of your grandchildren and that they might become imitators uh, of you uh, and Tilly and the way you've served uh, in this country, which is so desperately needed. So thank you very much. No, thank you, Hermann, and uh, thank you for this uh, opportunity. Uh, and uh, thank you for the work you are doing because you are young in relative <laughs> terms. Uh, your, your work, the knowledge that, uh, that you are transferring, it, it's making 
a, a meaningful, meaningful difference. And you and your colleagues are undoubtedly playing an important role in creating a, a better future for our country and its people. Thank you, Brunt. I appreciate that. And hopefully we can do this again in future. Hopefully this is version one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Admiral. Take care. Thank you, guys. Uh, our next podcast will be uh, on psychological safety. And uh, I will introduce uh, the guest on the episode, but he is a managing director of an international company, and I'm really looking forward to that. So until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Timber Tendega Leadership Institute podcast, specialists in organizational behavior. In this podcast, we discuss leadership and staff engagement and how organizations can improve if you need more information to assist you with staff engagement and leadership, please visit our website at www.ttli.co.za or email us at office at ttli.co.za. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Would you like to stand a chance to win a copy of Herman's book titled Lead with Intent? then please share and like this podcast on your social media platforms. We will contact the winners when the competition ends. <laughs>